0: To Dublin Comic Conversations. It's our first episode! Are you excited, Andy?
1: Always excited to talk to you, Olivia. It is never anything less than a pleasure.
0: Oh, aren't you such a flatterer?
1: <laughs> I might as well get it out of the way early before you start giving out to me on something later.
0: Well, that's usually what I would be doing at this time when we're gearing up for, for Comic-Con, but unfortunately, we're we're not there.
1: Yeah, unfortunately, I, I'm going to miss being told to leave you alone or to ask somebody else or what's numph up which is leave, or not my fucking problem so I, I won't miss that aspect of it but to be honest i kind of do based on you know what we have to do instead
0: i know it's just been a very very long lockdown but you know we've been getting there getting there it's just a shame to see so much hard work that hasn't come to fruition this year
1: yeah, um, there's like a lot of the the behind the scenes. Like today, I was going through uh, old emails and I found my notes for for Peter Weller, and I'd remember that I had read his seventy-eight page dissertation about Italian Renaissance art. Just on the off chance that he started talking about that, and I'd be able to talk to him about it. So I now know a hell of a lot about. Um, in the Italian Renaissance paintings and the fact that he has a master's degree which is now completely useless to me except for the fact that I get to regurgitate it to you now so now my boring fact is your boring fact now.
0: That's an amazing fact I didn't even know that.
1: Yeah this is the kind of stuff you get when you come to my panels at Comic-Con not like uh, Olivia's there who just gives out to the guest. <laughs>
0: oh the sass coming through mister. Oh.
1: You can tell I'm I'm a lot braver on the phone than I would be in person with you because you're not within striking distance.
0: (laughs) Very true. And usually when I am within striking distance, you have a bottle of gin to hand to me first to be like, I hope you'll get through the weekend with this.
1: It is. It's pretty much like lion tape. You're not coming off great here. It's just basically I I have to like placate you with compliments and alcohol, which is a good tip for most people, to be honest, if you want to get them on your side.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, in fairness, like for me, that's like, when By the time Comic-Con actually comes up, I probably haven't slept for the past like three weeks prior. Um, Like I'd be doing all the press lists, organising the interviews, organising press day, like trying to liaise with all the agents to try and make sure that like, when is everybody coming in so I can slot in all the interviews and things like that. So it's, yeah, it's usually a really busy week. So when people start asking me questions that my brain like cannot handle at that moment in time, you're going to get a snappy answer.
1: Yeah, very fair. Uh, to be honest, it was last year was the first year you kind of stayed close to the venue. So you were actually able to get like two hours of sleep one of the days. So you were running on turbo that day, which usually by day two, it's, you know, you're a walking shell of a woman walking around with a, a clipboard and a, an expression that says, kill me now.
0: <laughs> oh, you've no idea how accurate that description is. I always remember <laughs> um, anime edition. It was one of the lads birthdays from Geek Ireland. And we went to workman's I think afterwards just to have a drink and the the lads literally said that they looked over at me at one point and I had gone the opposite of cross-eyed so my (laughs) eyes had gone like and I just completely fell asleep staring at my drink and they were just like okay we need to get Olivia on a bus send her home and it was just yeah I literally got home had a little cry Went to bed and then had to get up and do everything all over again in the morning. While well, they ended up going off drinking with um, Eric, who was one of our guests, and he was playing in the workman that night. <laughs> so they had a great laugh, whereas I was in bed.
1: But I think that's just because this show, like I'm sure, like a lot of people listening to or remember the the first year, there was kind of that like infamous picture on Reddit where it was you know a picture of you know the San Diego Comic Con where it was like cons in America, cons in Ireland. It was the the sign out in uh, in Swords like basically a handwritten Dublin Comic Con, so I'm blown away uh, in the wind. So to go from that to, you know, this kind of well-oiled machine that it is now in, in the convention centre, it's it's a testament to your hard work. And as much as it, it kills me to give you a compliment, Olivia, I think, you know, uh, a lot of that is down to you.
0: Oh, thanks, And of course, we need to give a big shout-out to Carl and Derek as well, because without them, well, we wouldn't really have the Comic Con that we have today. Like, the two lads, they've always... They are like the reason why it started is because they are such big fans and they didn't want to keep having to travel abroad to go to Comic Con. So they were like, "Well, if no one else is going to do it, why don't we make one for here?" And they did. And I think it. I think it's gone very well.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I did. Obviously, you're not going to please everyone. Someone's going to pick fault. You know, they they won't. want their guest or their particular you know avenue of interest isn't represented as much as others. But yeah, like you said, like people that we've had over the last couple of like even me like doing the interviews like I've got to speak to people like you know Lou Ferrigno, Ernie Hudson, Patrick Warbur, people who i never in a million years would have got to meet because you, you know you wouldn't necessarily see them in cons that you you'd go to abroad but it's great that you'd have like I've got to meet the Hulk that I used to watch as a kid or, or Kevin Conroy as well who was you know my Batman growing up and still you know probably my favorite Batman. There's little opportunities like that that I never would have gotten to have if it wasn't for you know Derek and Carl bringing them over here and I think you know the, the fact that it's kind of getting progressively bigger and better as it's going it, it just shows like how much people like love those type of things here and how much that there there is a demand for it that you know, years ago we never would have a, a million years seen over here and it's, it's great that it is happening now.
0: Exactly and I think that's why especially when we were cancelling Spring Edition it was just so heartbreaking because it was being geared up to be our biggest and best yet so like along with like all the guests that we had we also had of course like the the robocop screening that was supposed to be taking place we also had the mandalorian screening which was supposed to be taking place which was going to be an exclusive and it had like we'd built it all up all up it was going to be absolutely massive and then you know miss rona had uh, other ideas and (laughs) literally right up until the point where we actually had to call it It was still looking like we were going to be able to go ahead and then within like 24 hours all the number of cases all the number of like deaths that started coming in and just everything changed in 24 hours and it was just like okay yeah no we we definitely no we can't we can't go ahead and it's like it's it's not easy to cancel an event of this size so it was a very disappointing and stressful time but i'm so glad that we know that we can reach those heights again because then it means that like for next year we're going to be able to put all those efforts into the shows coming up and then we've got like the relationship with some of the guests now as well so like like uh, we've announced already that peter weller and stephanie is, is like they're both coming back now for march edition and we're working on a few of the other guests as well so fingers crossed now we'll still have a, as good a lineup and it's looking it's looking pretty likely that uh, it's going to be it's going to be epic And I'm really excited for it now. I was like extremely disappointed and cranky um, the days that we did have to postpone both spring and summer edition. Whereas now I'm kind of like, nope, focus can just go straight to next year. And I'm just going to be exhausted with all we have going on next year. I don't know about you.
1: The same. And I think there's another thing that, people you know the kind of the, the peak behind the curtain so to speak is it wasn't just a case of you know carl and derek were sitting down waiting on to see how things developed whether or not it was it was you know going to go ahead or not the stuff they were putting into like i was talking to um to derek about it and while this was going on, he's like, okay, there's a chance this might go ahead. And he's trying to organize hoarding. He's trying to organize, you know, hand sanitizer station, trying to figure out, you know, how we can get people. As a, Anyone who's been to the convention center knows you kind of, you're crammed in pretty much. So he's trying to figure out, the, you know, the, the logistics of trying to get people in one way, out the other, but still being able to visit the other floors while well, trying to keep, you know, this was, I think it was even before social distancing came in. And then having all that just, you know, on the space, of, like you said, 24 hours, just, all of that work that he's put in just completely wasted. And I'm sure some of these um, safety measures are still going to have to be put in place for the next one. But just to see how they were trying to pivot to just make this still go ahead and to kind of see all the work that everyone had put in kind of go up in flames very quickly was was very, very sad to see.
0: Yeah, and I have to say that, like, credit to the fans, like, the reaction was mostly very supportive because I think everyone knew just how much Like everyone I think also wanted it to go ahead because at the time the world was still almost in a little bit of denial as to how serious the situation really was and like I think that the testament is that like we we had to like the parade was was cancelled we were postponed until August and then the pubs were shut so like it all actually happened within like three days that all of those things happened and like most people were very understanding. There was one woman who called me, me personally, because my email used to be on the website. Mm. I got called a money grabbing whore personally. And that for me, when I'm after putting in months and months of work into an event that is now being like essentially canceled, dealing with something like that was not very good. So I'm gonna like, I don't know the person's name because I deleted that email. Quite sharpish because I did not want to have to read it again, and but like that is like just a taster of some of the stuff that people were were saying as well and it was it was very difficult to hear because as much as everyone was disappointed, we were also very disappointed, and none of us could have predicted the impact that the pandemic had at that time because it was only reaching the global status at that point. It was still very, very early on, so it was yeah, it was tough. <laughs>
1: Well, from a personal standpoint, if you were grabbing money and didn't you know, involve me in that, I'd be more disappointed with that than anything, any <laughs> email you receive. But yeah, like I said, most people on the Facebook page, on the uh, on the Dublin Comic Con group as well, like most of any, yeah, because I was waiting for, oh, here we go, it's just going to be nonstop. Like, I want my money back now, I want my money back now. But everyone was kind of very understanding. like a difficult decision to make. If my ticket is able to be still used for next year, just I'd like to keep it to support the, the convention. Because I think... To touch on what we were talking about earlier, most people do realise, you know, this is very hard to get, you know, kind of get decent guests over in Ireland because there not like a huge convention scene. It's not like the UK where you can go from you know London to Manchester to, to Edinburgh to the various cons over there or the States where you can bounce around, you know, multiple conventions. It's like if you're coming to Dublin, you're coming to Dublin Comic Con and that's it. So I think most people, you know, kind of were able to appreciate and see that and did support it in, in a way that, you know, that lovely woman who emailed you didn't
0: yeah the the lovely woman with a quotation marks above her heads that no one's gonna see (laughs) Uh, um yeah and like that was like especially with um concerns for the guests as well like that was one of the main reasons why we've had to postpone august not to just a later date but till uh next year because like I had tickets to Alanis Morissette in October and even that's been pushed. So even Isn't though that we were mark? <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> So even though we were looking at dates like later on this year looking at where our guests would have been traveling from It just didn't seem like it was going to be feasible because especially now with, um, like, Europe is open, but, you know, oh, no one in from America yet. Like, that would have been a disaster for us if we'd gone, like, said we're going to go ahead and half of our guests can't get on a plane to come over or they have to quarantine or something like that. So it was, like, we tried our best and I think we just need to take take it on the chin, so to speak. And it just means that we have more time to to plan ahead and plan for next year. And yeah, like I said, like I was grumpy at the time, but I'm, I'm much more happy enough to plan ahead and look at everything that's, that's coming up because, well, I'm gonna have to just start planning ahead. Like I have a wedding to plan next year as well. And it's just like, with everything else going on, I'm just, poor Seb's just never going to see me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> They'll be surprised when you see you showed up, at the, that'll be the first thing you've seen him in a few months when you show up at the altar
0: exactly yeah he'll be like oh god you made it <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh olivia i remember i remember you
0: exactly and we were looking at that sense because like with weddings and everything was cancelled like it's not just a case of that comic-con was the only thing that was cancelled everything was cancelled like the world shut down
1: my disneyland trip shut down that's the most important one i'd finally after all my years booked my disneyland trip that i've been wanting to go on since i was a kid and that got cancelled so i think the real victim in all of this was me was
0: it uh, Florida yep oh I'm so no, was it? Oh, Florida did shut down actually and even um like Paris I think is Disneyland Paris is going to be the first one to reopen they're scheduled to reopen um although actually they're they're reopened by now actually yeah sure it's August <laughs> but think the the Florida ones were one of the first ones to shut down um after China
1: I'm also disappointed you didn't say China which is just stuck in my head now
0: yeah, I was—I was like trying my best not to mimic. <laughs> I'm not yeah. going to lie; it took a lot of concentration. But uh, it—I—I—I'm so disappointed for you, like, because I—I was in Florida this uh, in June of last year, and it was now it was wet and rainy and thunder and lightning, but it was also like great. <laughs> it was amazing.
1: This isn't helping.
0: <laughs> it was supposed to be helping.
1: Yeah. It- yeah, fair enough. I I should know to better than to expect sympathy from you. <laughs> and of course, as, so as a major segue, not the only thing that was delayed. We've had nothing in the cinema since March either.
0: I know it's absolutely crazy. Like I I was like giving out that I missed the Mulan press screening, and then oh, Mulan's not coming out anymore.
1: <laughs> Mulan is like to where it's just going to be constantly put back. It'll be like you know twenty twenty five. We'll be like. Been put back another two weeks now, and it'll just be you know never released. It'll be like that. Um, what was it, that Fantastic Four film that just kept getting put back, and probably should have kept getting put back honestly after seeing it.
0: Is it, I think, is, is Mulan now the new, um, new mutants? Which does that even have a release date anymore?
1: It was supposed to go to video on demand, now it's been put back. The thing is, it'll probably end up winning like the Oscar next year because it'll be the only film being released. between have seen that in Sonic.
0: <laughs> Sonic and Trolls. <laughs>
1: <laughs> There's a stellar year. Yeah, Jim Carrey finally wins the Oscar and it's for playing Dr. Robotnik.
0: <laughs> Could you imagine that?
1: <laughs> to be honest, it wasn't a bad film. Like, I came out that went, yeah, that's exactly what I wanted that to be.
0: Yeah, and it did, like, especially after all of the backlash from original Sonic, um, like, it did so well at the box office also and it was like it was good to see that like all of their hard work to fix it paid off because like that's never fun when you have to suddenly backtrack and redo the majority of your film because all of your cgi is crap
1: yeah i was talking to a friend because it was kind of the rumor that they, they'd done this on purpose you know to show that they could change it and they were listening to the fans to try and help the box office and i was talking to a friend of mine who was an animator and i said is there any chance that could have happened And he said, if I could reach through the phone and punch you for such a stupid question, I would. Do you have any idea the work that would have went in to do that and then have to re-render everything again? I was like, "Okay, that was a stupid question and I will never ask that one again. So anyone who still thinks that they've done this on purpose, I can assure you they definitely didn't.
0: Yeah. And just to see, like, especially with CGI and just general animation, literally the amount of work and detail. The like everyone has to sort of like look at like no it wasn't that nobody would ever willingly do something crap because like I don't know if you've seen it yet but the um into the unknown uh, the frozen two documentary so much of that film was carried out in like the last three months like for like like when they went through like rewrites and reanimations and like stuff wasn't working and all this you're just looking at it going it's like this one person is in charge of twenty seconds like just twenty seconds from an entire film that is their one section and they've had to redo it over and over and over and over and over again as the things change and then they're like nitpicking as to like oh it's Elsa going to slide up that little extension frozen extension out from the the bridge or is she going to slip and jump and all the type of stuff and they had to like go through it all it was so interesting sorry i'm ranting now about it but it's like it was so <laughs> good i i never truly appreciated Even as a massive animation fan, I never truly appreciated just how much work goes into making an animated film. There's a reason it takes years.
1: Plus, you have a really weird obsession with Frozen, which is is worrying.
0: I love Frozen.
1: Yeah. Saying it in that voice didn't help either. (laughs) Let
0: it go, Andy.
1: Oh, my God. (laughs) Uh, Everybody
0: gets...
1: (laughs) My eyes just rolled into the back of my head. I didn't think they were going to come out. (laughs) And that, like, the worst thing about this is, well, is, I keep and as we're speaking, I'm just looking at the the calendar, and next week was supposed to be Ghostbusters Afterlife, which was the one I was dying for this year.
0: I need oh, to change what? this because every week bit? the calendar
1: pops up a reminder for something that I was really looking forward, to, and they go, oh, I get excited for a second, and go, oh no, not the world's on fire, shit, no, we gotta see that.
0: Yeah, and even uh, tennis has been pushed. From, um, it was pushed from its July date now and it's well, poor for Nolan and its mysterious self not telling us what the hell the, the film is and now we have to wait even longer to find out.
1: I'd say he pulled the chair from under us but apparently he doesn't allow them on his sets according to that uh, Anne Hathaway story today which was bizarre.
0: I didn't hear that.
1: Yeah, um, she said on the set of Interstellar he didn't allow chairs on set because people who, if you have a chair you're inclined to sit and if you're sitting you're not working. No, I don't <laughs> know if this Dan Hathaway taking the piss or it is tri- I don't know, he just seems that eccentric that it's something mad he would say.
0: I'd say like, but the sets were so big for Interstellar, you'd wonder were they just short on space, it was just like, move the chairs just everybody stand.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It certainly wasn't taken up with any sense or, or plot anyway. There was plenty of room there for that. I hate
0: that. Oh, <laughs> shots fired.
1: Oh, it was so boring. The only good thing, it wasn't like Inception, where like, I didn't like Inception, and then you had to deal with everyone saying. You just didn't get it. I was like, no, no, I got it. It was quite obvious. It just wasn't very good.
0: Well, like, I actually feel like we should warn everybody that when it comes to discussing films, You and I are very much polar opposites because this is our first example of you hated a film, I loved a film. Inception is one of my favourite films.
1: Oh my god, you're so wrong.
0: (laughs) Hey, I've never told you that you're wrong. I've just said, you know, I disagree. And,
1: And when the day comes when I'm wrong, I'm sure you'll say it to me.
0: If you could see the look on my face right now, you would cower. was that? what <laughs> there was a weird noise that sounded like it stepped through like a time portal or something
1: my phone started ringing which apparently <laughs> I, yeah I, i'm just glad it wasn't the ringtone which is now the the la la land soundtrack
0: oh no it's not is it oh 100 percent. i disliked la la land
1: see and you're wrong and it's good. That you could
0: I think I think you're wrong if you really liked it. I was very disappointed with this, and you know me in like musicals, I am obsessed.
1: Oh, I thought it was fantastic. I just loved the fact that it wasn't like, ah, oh, they all lived happily ever after. It's like this is two people who fall in love who are absolutely not meant for each other, and I liked that. Like it wasn't just oh, they work things out. I was like, no, this isn't going to work.
0: I will say, like, I did like that. I liked that aspect, but the rest of the film was garbage. <laughs>
1: The song, oh, I'm not getting into this now, but the songs are fantastic. I still listen to that soundtrack. <laughs> Emma Stone is amazing. Gosling, J.K. Simmons. Y- y- no. I'm not having City
0: this. of Stars was the still least deserving uh, Oscar winner for best song.
1: City of Stars is not the best song on that album by any stretch of the imagination.
0: It really isn't. I actually, pref- I liked um, the audition.
1: Which would be my least favourite song. <laughs> <laughs> How are we doing this together? Like I just I fundamentally disagree with everything you say. <laughs> this is, I this is last Jedi all over again.
0: <laughs> it means there's a healthy um, a healthy balance for the podcast, I would assume.
1: <laughs> yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> a, a moonlighting situation. Showing my age with that reference there.
0: You are, yeah. Even I was kinda like what?
1: Yeah, back when Bruce Willis was interested in charming.
0: Oh, uh, before his diehard days, back when he was a, a rom-com star, which I just find hilarious.
1: Uh, it's better than his music. Like He released like a jazz album called Bruno, which is very clearly him, and then denied it was him. I was like, do you think people don't know what Bruce Willis looks like? It's clearly you and a hat. <laughs> yeah.
0: So are you telling me that Bruce Willis did a Garth Brooks and had like an, a, an alter oh, ego? Oh,
1: God. Oh, what was the name of the, the Garth Brooks one? We wore those ridiculous the, the the shorts, the different color shorts,
0: and the like the emo hairstyle. Damn, yeah. what was his name?
1: And he was so sincere.
0: He was like dead serious. He's like, no, I'm not Garth. I'm such and such a name and certain name here. Oh, that's gonna bug me. <laughs> Why did I have to bring that up?
1: I can see it now, Chris Gaines.
0: Chris Gaines, thank you. Oh my god.
1: I'm looking at the picture now of the album Chris Gaines' Greatest Hits, where he has the, the My Chemical Romance haircut and the soul patch.
0: He looks like um, Jared Way meets Adam Lambert in that photograph.
1: Oh my god! Anyone with a soul patch is immediately an idiot. So <laughs> never shows the soul patch. Like no one who ever done anything in history had a soul patch.
0: How's your soul patch grown?
1: Um, luckily, I never hit puberty, so even with a, a four-month lockdown, I have a healthy beard of about three hairs on one side of my face, which I'm calling my homers.
0: <laughs> I love it.
1: Yeah, like the look, good thing about being baby-faced, but also losing your hair, so I look like a weird version of Pitbull.
0: Oh, that's so cute. You think you're baby-faced.
1: I am very baby-faced.
0: <laughs> In fairness, I will give it to you. You don't look your age.
1: Thank you. I look, I look at least 22, 23, because I'm so whack and dope, and I listen to Justice Beaver.
0: Oh, man, even I couldn't get through that without laughing.
1: Yeah, eh, neither could I.
0: <laughs> so, listen, next week, or in two weeks' time, rather, because it's bi-monthly, we are going to be talking about Superman. Yes?
1: You I'm very excited about this.
0: We're going to be talking about Superman, and, you know, we might be talking to a Superman.
1: In my version, the Superman, who isn't Chris Reeve.
0: And actually, I think this is something that we can agree on. Mine also.
1: Hashtag, he's my Superman.
0: <laughs> Hashtag, he's my Superman, indeed. <laughs> yes, we are hope- hopefully going to be chatting to Dean Cain, um, who, of course, was a guest at Comic-Con a couple of years ago. And poor Andy didn't get to, didn't get to chat to him, but we'll be able to make up for it now.
1: No, somebody stole that from me.
0: That, that would be Dave, Dave yeah. uh, Schmidty from Geek Ireland, still that from you. But in fairness, like he has never, ever begged me more to interview someone. So I was just like, oh my, yes, all right.
1: <laughs> I think it's probably for the best. I would have been too distracted by his hair. I, he has Baldwin-like hair, which I would have been very distracted by.
0: It's a good thing it's just a phone a phone interview then.
1: <laughs> See if we can get him on, uh, on Zoom, we get a video check out.
0: <laughs> oh, I can ask. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I'll wait till the end And see if he will send me a lock of it. I'll make sure not to say that At the start And ruin the interview
0: Well he might have listened To this beforehand So you might be
1: yeah, screwed Yeah we should
0: <laughs> All righty Well everyone Thank you so much For listening to us Rambling on For the first episode And uh, we look forward to Talking you through All of our favourite Supermans Our favourite Superman moments And chatting to Dean Kane Next time Talk to you then